When you combine a global pandemic with an unexpected economic cliff event, most businesses will be caught off guard. And in an era when employers and their employees are struggling with rising health insurance costs, adding more strain to the business ecosystem exacerbates the situation even further. The latest U.S. Census Bureau report shows that while 92% of Americans had health insurance coverage, only 20% are satisfied with the cost. Not only are consumers looking for lower health insurance costs, they're expecting a better experience. They're being shaped by their experiences with companies like Amazon. In fact, 50% of consumers would like their health care shopping experience to feel like their Amazon shopping experience. Is this even possible in a traditional health insurance ecosystem? Can we meet the consumer demands of lowering costs or at least demonstrating more value while at the same time improving their healthcare experience? Today, my guest on the healthcare edition of Barclays Modern Marketeers is John Kelly, founder and CEO of NextBen. We'll work to unravel this dichotomy and examine alternatives for both employers and employees in the era of COVID. We'll be right back with John after this break. Our world is at a turning point. The effects of 2020 are profound at both the societal and individual level. It's an unprecedented moment for modern brands to lead. At Barclay, we understand brands that stand for something greater than their bottom line. These brands win. Now more than ever, winning brands treat their purpose as a verb. Winning brands drive action through their organization using a sustainability strategy. Winning brands measure and share their progress. These are the brands that drive trust and earn a competitive advantage. What are the biggest impacts of your business? What are the values, needs, and expectations of your consumers? And what is your plan? Modern brands can answer these questions, and the brands that answer these questions will emerge stronger in a post-2020 world. It's what we call future-proofing, and it's achieved through purpose and sustainability. Are you ready for the future? Are you ready to create your best brand possible? Find out more about Barclays Purpose and Sustainability Workshops at BarclayUS.com or reach out to Jason Parks, Chief Growth Officer at 816-813-3892 or jparks at BarclayUS.com. Today, my guest on the healthcare edition of Barclays Modern Marketeers is John Kelly, founder and CEO of NextBent. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's um, It's been a bit since we've talked, but we've known each other for a long time. I, I've always enjoyed our discussions around data and, and how to improve the healthcare and uh, health insurance experience for both employers and employees. And I want to dive into that today, which I think is going to be really a, a great show. But first, just give us a little background on NextBen, how you got started, you know, and, and describe the organization for us a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. So as we met uh, a while back, we NextBen is uh, started in 2015 as a a technology company specializing in in benefits for um, employers and employees, and working with a number of different um, insurance carriers to, to better deliver the experience. So our our whole genesis of, of trying to make a better experience and combine health and wealth, more knowledge uh, to the end user, which would be the employers and employees. So how do we help bridge that gap? That's what we what we founded uh, our whole principles on, helping brokers to work with their clients with information and move information about benefits. Because as you know, benefits are pretty, uh, pretty complex. They're very uh, complex. They're, they're, yes. And you only really deal with them once a year. So as we look at it, it's not, as we say, it's not like a video game in which you want 
to play it or, or interact with it on a daily basis is, is usually a one and done. And the complexity of it is it's an intangible product of which has to work in a time of need. So how do you get information um, is where we started this. And that's why we work with the whole distribution channel as you, uh, with insurance carriers to brokers, employers, and employees. Well, so let's let's uncover that or uh, dive into that a little bit more. So the the health insurance experience has remained somewhat unchanged, you know, with little tweaks here and there over the last, I don't know, 70 years maybe, certainly over the last 50 years. But take a minute and describe the situation as you see it that, that employers face when they work to provide their employees with different health insurance options. Right. One of the things that uh, what we do at NextPen is we have a marketplace of all different types of health products, from small group individual products to large group products. So we see a lot of, over the years, we see a lot of shopping. We see, we see small companies, mid-sized companies, large companies. And what we do see, we've seen trends. We see, um, we build the algorithms for the underwriting of association health plans, some of the new things that have launched uh, um, in previous years. So we've managed those for carriers. So we get a we get to sit and see what's happening, and you know what we see what's really happening in the marketplace is there's this knowledge level from the consumer, and the consumer being the employer and the employee, they really don't understand why they can buy a car online, but yet they can't get visibility into health insurance and cost and options. Um, it's uh, a rinse repeat. It's the your plan is just renew your plan is the best out there and you know there's a scalability issue there's information issue there's an air gap on information from the brokers to the carriers there's just a whole big air gap of information and, and that's where consumers are looking for more information to be better consumers um, they want to know they want the information so they can make a better decision and so we're definitely seeing that in the marketplace um, we're seeing a lot of other economic pressures on businesses um, as well, and they're looking for solutions, um, and they're looking for some, a change because you hit it on the head. 70 years, nothing's been changed. Um, it's, it's the same old, same old. Well, it's um, it's gotten more complex. You know, <laughs> it's not gotten it's got, easier. It's gotten more complex. It hasn't gotten easier. It gets more and more complex, uh, you know, and so... You know, what we see out there is, you know, new products um, as, you know, we see a new ICRA and we see that having a lot of traction in the marketplace. Um, I like to call it the 401k of healthcare. It's, it's, it, we have kind of hit a point in time similar to what's happened in the pension and 401k uh, a number of years back where it just didn't, it just didn't make sense anymore for pension plans and they moved to a defined benefit to a defined contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're seeing happening today is in the, in the healthcare following, following suit from the pension of 401k, we're seeing a defined benefit move to more of a defined contribution, something that the employer can control and give more control to the employee. Well, and we're seeing, you know, a lot of the research that we're seeing shows that employees are looking for more of a unbundled package. You know, that, like similar to the frustration they've had for years with uh, cable companies, as our, our mutual friend Brian Melanson, you know, uh, often talks about. It's like, well, now we can buy, you know, uh, you know, stream whatever we want to get, and and that 
that expectation with consumers is now, you know, they expect that in everything that they do. Um, how, yeah. so, so let's go back to ICRA for a minute, which is the individual coverage health reimbursement arrangement. Um, we've been talking about that with a few of our clients, uh, here at Barclay and, you know, there's, there's interesting takes on it, but I'm really curious, um, how you guys see it, what the value is to the employer, the value and the benefit to the employee. So what we've seen, and, and we, uh, have a little unfair advantage on the whole marketplace is because we have experience with this, uh, uh, dating back to 2015, um, and back in 2015, the early genesis, you know, the early edition of what this uh, product was, it was called something different. But it really, it really stemmed out of rural um, in the rural areas. There were counties that um, had increasing costs in healthcare, and the cost of living adjustments every year would go to really offset that cost of, of healthcare. So they were faced with a, a problem of we can't afford health care, can't do it anymore. And in 14 and 15, when ACA was created, it brought in um, plans that were guaranteed issue. And a 42-year-old, for example, was whether you're healthy or, or, or not, was the same price. But it brought affordability. These plans brought affordability. And so back then, it was a, it was a way for you know, these struggling, um, you know, uh, businesses and counties and, and people to be able to get good insurance from name brand carriers um, at a more affordable price. Now we fast forward to today, it's what is now known as ZIFRA. And mm-hmm. so what we see the benefits of it is, is going back to the analogy of a 401k, it's, you're right, uh, medical healthcare has gotten complicated. It's become individual. And gone are the days that an employer or one one size fits all. You can't. It doesn't work anymore. People are are different. They have different things. Uh, they like different doctors. They need different networks and clinics, etc. And and what this allows and the ICRA allows for that is the employees are true consumerism. They get to pick the policy that they wish to have, and the employer just simply is going to be able to give a contribution. You know what they normally would pay. It's just a game changer in the form of, you know, leaving all the, you know, renewals and the decision to be made at the broker level or the employer level. It relieves both of those um, to, uh, you know, um, users and in, in the whole experience to, you know, help the consumer make choices, not make the choice for them. And, Therefore, what that what we start to see now is, wow, I can pick a Blue Cross plan. I can pick a Medica plan. I can pick what I want that fits my family, that fits my budget, uh, that fits my network. You know, what am I looking for? And that's a game changer. That's definitely a paradigm shift in the industry. Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I you know, before joining Barclay, had my own agency for 20-plus years, and um you know, near the end of that, because we we're focusing in healthcare, and, and I would look at that and I'd be like, why am I the person who's trying to decide what benefit plans are best for my employees? It, it's one of those things, again, as we said, starting out, that it's been around so long, it's hard to think about a different worldview where that's not the case. Um, but is sure. this, is, would you consider this, is it this a cost-shifting exercise from the employer to the employee? That's a great question. Um, and in working with, you know, 
we work uh, working with data and a lot of data too, and working with CMS. You know, we're able to help share and working with carriers as well, and, and just everyone just help share some information. And the answer about that is no. A lot of people look at the ITRA as maybe or you know um, a fad. It's a small group. It's for employers with five or ten employees. And actually, what the data is telling us is no. It's really we're really seeing a lot of fifty-one plus. Um, employers, which would be considered group, a uh, large group, um, you know, moving to this type of policy, moving to this type of product because their risk pools, the risk pools of a of a hundred person employee group, it's hundred people. That's your risk pool. It's pretty small. One bad claim, your your rates go up. And every year we all get a little bit older, so rates just continue to move up and up and up. Mm-hmm. What this allows them to do is now they're moving and shifting to a bigger risk pool. And this risk pool also is regulated by each state's insurance commissioner. So you can't just have spikes. So there's other, you know, there's other, uh, you know, other factors coming in to protect these policies to be good policies because they're ACA policies from all your name brands, uh, United, your, your Aetna's, your Blue Crosses. So it's good policies. But the difference is what they see when they move from a small risk pool to a bigger risk pool and having some control over the price of the premium, we are quantitating you know, we have cases we have a case studies right here. Um, we have one case right there that the employer um, with two hundred and twenty active uh, people on the plan, they're paying one point eight million. Uh, last year, they moved to the, the ICRA here. They saved 500000 510000 But really what they also did is when they shifted, you know, the employees last year were paying a total in their contribution of 176000 Employees moved down to 65000 Wow. So we saw savings there of 111000 So the, the thing is, what we're seeing is the employers are, are receiving, yes, some uh, cost reduction, obviously, but they also were seeing a bigger percentage of cost reduction going to the employee. We're seeing twice as much cost reduction affecting employees. We're seeing participation rates that never have been before going up. We're seeing participation happening at the under 26. So in manufacturing, you have some employees in this one case that are under the age of 26. They're normally on their parents' plan last year. Because they now have a $300 uh, monthly contribution from their employer, a 24-year-old, you know, that's 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 a free gold plan. <laughs> They're taking a free gold plan. They're moving off of mom and dad's plan, and they have their own health insurance. So it's introducing new, younger risk into the bigger risk pool as well. You know, so there's certain dynamics that are changing when you get into what insurance really is. It's, it's numbers, you know, it's, it's about your risk pool, about the quality of your risk pool um, is what makes, you know, is, is driving forces of, of how insurance works. So from a tax perspective, if I'm remembering correctly, this is now uh, to the employer, this is now uh, a tax-free transaction versus prior to uh, January 1 of 2020. Is that correct? Yep, and you are correct. And we do it differently than um, um, there's been maybe others that maybe do this out there. Being a technology company, we're able to, you know, and we created our product called Trovia to, you know, make it a little bit uh, different than ICRA because no one 
no one really knows what Icarus is. It sounds kind of funny. So we created a product called Trovia. And the separation between it and what we do is we're able to deliver this product in a, in a simple experience, easy experience, and keep it all on a pre-tax basis and allow a cafeteria plan to even be attached to it. So what that allows for is business as usual for the employer. They're able to just be able to take the employee's uh, payment the same as they've always done because it is a group health plan. It's still a group health plan. That's the difference with it. They're not getting, employers not getting rid of the plan. They're just changing the plan. Mm -hmm. And they're able to do pre-tax for the employees and for the employers. So what ends up happening there is, you know, it's, it's the same benefits for dental, vision, whatever they wish to offer. It's the same package. Now they got choice. So instead of having maybe one, three choices for healthcare, they might have 15, 20, 30. So it's really a choice. It's, wherever it's, they have. it's a, it's an ICRA exchange in essence. It really is. It's uh, it's an ICRA exchange and it's pre-tax. Um, we know for a fact that if you do post-tax, that's not a great experience. No right. employer really wants to go to their employees and hey, pay for it yourself and I'll reimburse you. That's a lot of money. Um, you know, premiums are getting uh, getting pretty big. They're about the size of uh, some mortgages nowadays. You know, a lot of money to float um, for an employee. This pre-tax allows the ability to keep it uh, uh, out of the paycheck, the same as what's been going on with the current right. plan. Well, so in this in this era of COVID, you know, where you know we're we're still working to understand what the economic impact is going to be long-term, but we're still seeing additional layoffs and, um, and unemployment filings. What's keeping employers from offering these plans to their employees? Knowledge. They don't know about them. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, what we've seen in this, uh, you know, pandemic has been, okay, we've seen businesses shut down. We've seen impact to, you know, manufacturing companies, uh, businesses slow down. Um, they're trying to keep employees on, but when revenues maybe slow down a little bit or a lot, it's hard. And they're looking for cost uh, cost savings. This is an easy way to go to cost savings right off the bat next to the employee payroll. You know, you had your benefits are up there. So how can you, you know, um, strategically, uh, you know, shift some costs or, you know, generate some, some savings, well, this is one way. But another thing that we also see happening because of the pandemic that we believe can be very impactful next year in 2021 is there's a lot of self-insured plans out there. And because elective uh, procedures aren't being done this year, you know, there's they've been pushed off, most people like to have their elective procedures done the first part of the year. Well, you're not able to do any of them this year, so they're just backing up. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of self-insured plans are, are running really well right now because they're not paying out a lot. It's major emergency services. Some elective surgery stuff is coming back on, um, but not enough. But a lot of pent-up elective stuff is going to probably, we predict, to hit you know, self-insured plans next year, which will spike those plans. Um, so we definitely see some... You know, some of those earlier, some of the bigger companies that, you know, uh, we have our brokers are talking to are sharing with, hey, yeah, today it looks good. However, what do you, next year it could be not a favorable year for you because of this. And we might want to go to uh, look at instead of self-insured, a fully insured plan 
and that's where the Trovia product or the ICRA model mm-hmm. comes into play for that. It's fully insured. So they're hedging the risk because they don't know if they have a spike in a self-insured plan and it's a bad year, that's additional cost for the employer. So the employer's looking at, boy, I don't want additional cost. That's risk. So how can I get rid of that? How can I get my cost down too? And how can we survive this, you know, pandemic? Because keeping your health plan is priority number one. We're in a pandemic, you know, people need to be insured. (laughs) So that's the last thing they want to get rid of. Well, and, and even if a self-insured plan uh, has a stopgap, maybe at 50,000, if you have, you know, (laughs) in a normal year, if you had 10% of your employees hit that, that's one thing. But if, you know, because of the backlog, you may have 30%. That's a whole new animal. Well, that's a whole new animal. And so what, could happen is some, you know, and this is where you get back to the information. You know, some employers maybe um, because they're having running a very favorable year this year, maybe as they look to renew their self-insured plan next year, look to up that that stop loss because the higher you set your stop stop loss, you're going to save a little bit of money. So that's another way to save a little bit of money. But if you got backed up, uh, you know, procedures may be coming. Um, boy, that could be right. That can have real impact. Um, and also, too, we see it in factories and other places that everyone's afraid of. Well, what happens if I get an outbreak of, you know, the COVID in my works, in my workplace? I could have a lot of claims happening all at once. So your younger people who you're not expecting claims all of a sudden, you could have claims. This is a lot of unknowns and a lot of risk out there. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's obviously it's going to take a mind shift change. Um but it may also take a mind shift change uh, at the carrier level and the broker level. Um, what's Correct. what's been holding back? I mean, obviously, the, the 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 tax benefit of this has only been available in 2020. But what's holding back carriers and uh, and brokers from looking at ICRA plans? The major thing that we see what what's holding them back is a. The first thing would be it's uh, it was just new last year so last summer so not a lot of time to really get educated and prepared for it and then b turns into okay how do we how do we even administer something if it's an employee can pick from any type of plan how do we how do we make uh how do we offer it how do we manage it how do we what is this how, how can we do it that's where tech technology really has to come in that's where tech is able to make this make this uh, actually realistic and simple and easy. Without technology, honestly, it, it'd be almost impossible. You couldn't do it. It'd be virtually impossible. But there is a mind shift that's happening uh, with the carriers and with the brokers. This is a disruption, you know, and how does it disrupt them? For, for early adopters, we're starting to see some carriers are wanting to be early adopters and are embracing it and trying to create new plans because, Here's something a carrier hasn't thought of, you know, too much. I mean, they think about it, but it's be realistic. You're you're not targeting a 23 or 24 year old because generally they're going to be on their parents' plan. Right. But if I was to tell you that under 28 years old, the you know 78 percent are all buying gold copays, that goes against logic. Why would a 28 year old buy a gold copay? They should be buying a bronze high deductible health plan. It's cheaper. Well, it is cheaper, but not by much. And the truth is, is when asked and surveyed by, uh, when we surveyed them, the consistent answer what we got from these younger people was, I don't, I don't have $6,900. Right. If I had to use it for the copay. 
I couldn't ask mom and dad because I don't think they have $6,900. But if you have, I could ask mom and dad or I could save up 500 or 900 to meet the deductible. On uh, a gold plan, right. And you got it. You got it. You know, so it's a, it's a paradigm shift. And it's like, what? Uh, but you're putting, you're empowering younger people too as well. So when you look at all this, you're absolutely right. How does it work? What's beneficial? But it's a disruption as well. And it can be a disruption in a good way. But you got a lot of people that, you know, this has been their business for a long time. And you're asking them to do a paradigm shift, you know, uh, which can be hard. Right. can be can be very difficult for people. So if, if I'm understanding you correctly then, John, what I don't want to make this an ad for NextBin, but what you guys could then do is go to brokers and or carriers and white label this technology on the back end so that it's easy to administer. Is that what I'm understanding? Oh, 100%. Yes, okay. we're not brokers. We're, we're the tech firm. We power up brokers. And we okay. work with a bunch of uh, brokers with, with them and their clients. And we work with all carriers too. So we're we're the bridge. What we're really trying to solve is we sit in between the carriers and the brokers and we help them with technology to implement this and, um, as well. So, And I think I heard you say this a little bit ago in just a passing comment, but this is now available for ancillary products like vision and dental also. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's part of the whole, it's part of the one piece of the whole benefit, you know, um, offering. So that's where whole benefit next bed does offer the whole, the whole uh, benefit experience from, you know, uh, group, you know, from in health insurance to ancillary. And one of the things that you see then, and in, in when enrolling, like we just did this with a group, um, you know, of, of a 200 person group that just went through 220, 106 of them chose a high deductible health plan. And this was a manufacturing company. Um, and of those 106, 105 bought an HSA. Mm-hmm. Huge numbers, and they funded it themselves. The employees funded it themselves. No employer contribution. And what ends up happening when you start to save money and you start to offer in the benefit experience and bring other products to them, right? And using, you know, we have a wizard that walks them through and helps them all out as they go each step of the way. Um, they now start to look at and coordinate and bundle. It's kind of going back to the whole cable experience. It becomes a la carte, and they start to bundle their experience together, not what was just take it, you know. Um, and what we see is richer benefit sets. We see people lending at, a, at maybe a younger age uh, an HSA because they can see the dollars. It goes back to the health and wealth is what, you know, we really want to promote here because it's a holistic approach to looking at your benefits. Not, not just one has to work. They, they all need to work and work correctly for you. Otherwise, you know, it, it, what's the purpose, right? So, right. yes, um, keeping it all pre-tax, keeping it very simple, very easy, um, and bundling it all together and letting, letting people know and showing employees and stuff how everything kind of works together, you know, then they can make the right decisions. With the right information, this is where I, I hear it so much that, you know, I've can my employees make those decisions? The answer is yes. They can. They know what they're looking for. They can be very good consumers and make choices. So if this is a education issue and it's a, um, we're not changing a perception, we're changing, well, we're changing a perception and a behavior 
on the part of HR people, on the part of uh, group decision makers and, and employees. Yep. And it, this may not be a fair question, but if, if you had to generalize as to what percent, because part of, part of this comes down to from a carrier perspective, a broker perspective, and certainly from an employer employee perspective, what percentage of what I'm paying today is going to go away or how much am I going to save? Because everybody has to look at this and say, what's the value prop? And, and right. what, what is it going to be worth the hassle of educating my employees, you know, and, and from a broker and a carrier perspective of educating all of our groups, um, is it going to be worth that kind of a hassle? And are they going to be worried about losing some market share? You know, if, if I'm a carrier and I'm like, we're going to put this on a, uh, uh, ICRA exchange, it's like, Oh, great. Now, you know, the, uh, the employees at this company can buy anything. So it seems like there would also be a bit of risk on their part to open this up and let other uh, carriers participate in a, in a group like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things with ICRA is, you know, allowing the employers can't tell the employees what to buy. They got to have choice. So they got to see what's available in the marketplace for all carriers. So it's pure choice. And to your point, what is, you know, you know, what's the risk and what's the benefit to this and will it go away? And I don't want to shift around. Well, it, it is a paradigm shift and, and, and usually how it goes when the CFO sees that it really turns into a defined contribution. It's a pretty easy math equation for the finance department to, you know, it's just simple, simple math. X amount of employees times X amount of contribution gives me my cost. Right. That's how simple it is for them. That's done. HR is like, oh my gosh, how's everyone gonna? How are we gonna support everyone? When you have the tool and people are able to pick, and you got the insurance companies, they're not calling the HR. They're able to figure it on their own. And what we've seen, even from the early adopters, even the first adopter to do an ICRA like type plan back in 2000, once they've moved to a plan of this very similar to 401k, the first one. Seems to be the you know the one is it's just new, but once they get past the first lot, they they stay on it. They never leave it afterwards because they made the shift over. And so the rating score that we offer a score after every to every employee after they're done enrolling, and to get feedback from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one one through five, five being the best, we are averaging four point nine satisfaction from the employee. Wow, that's and so excellent. That's it, that's excellent. It, it's really, it's really good. Um, it surprises us too as well. Like holy buckets, some of the biggest, uh, you know, as an employer looks at it too. You know that there's a few, maybe employees that might be a little bit more vocal. You know, and so they're a little concerned about that. And generally speaking, with education there, and the broker maybe helping them make the selection or just answering questions um, at the time of enrollment, they become the biggest advocates. Mm -hmm. And it, what it's turned into, you start to see that employer. We just saw this last week. You know, one employer is at a trade show, and they're uh, talking to their other colleagues in the industry, and they're passing on that information. It turns into the risk has gone from the employer trying to, because you never can win. A, whatever you pick for a group plan, half the employees love it, the other half right. wish they're with a different carrier or something. You, it's just a lose lose every every time. They're out of it, just like the 401k, and um, from pension to 401k. And you don't see a lot of companies that move to 401k move back to pension. 
you needed something in a in a retirement era to really spike this move to get them off of pension because there wasn't when you, you just look at the parallels back in the day you would never be able to get an employee to give money into a, a 401k when they can keep those funds and the employer is going to take care of them in in retirement and beyond you know it's just the way it was the way it was and you know, certain financial pressures happen. Employers couldn't afford that anymore. That forced them to have to say, "I can. I'm going to give you the money, a defined contribution. You're responsible, everyone, for your own investments going forward in your retirement. I'm giving you my money, and I'm done." Right. Um, and that's what's happening here. And when they do that, it is just like the 401k. People are happier with their decisions. Um, they're responsible for their decisions. And, and they feel good about that. And the employer shifts that risk of trying to one size fits all is done. They're just like, hey, I can move on to other things and focus on other parts of my business as opposed to the stressful picking a plan that right. half are going to hate me for <laughs> and half will love me. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a no win. It's no win for the, you know, for, for everyone there. It's, it's, uh, it's the status quo is what it's been. So, we don't see people moving back. You know, is it right for everyone? We see early adopters. We don't see, you know, it'll take a while for some plans like Jumbos with a good, you know, a healthy, um, uh, a lot of employees, so a healthy risk pool. You know, they might do a, you know, a class here, you know, to start on it. Uh, but we definitely see, you know, employers from 51 to 200, uh, 500, this definitely fits into them. We see small employers like you know twenty five to fifty. This works, you know. Some of the smaller ones uh, below that, you know, it does work, you know. But small group rates are are also uh, regulated by the state, so you have pockets around the country with small group rates that there's some cost savings, and there's other pockets in which you know it's flat. There's no cost savings between small group and individual. Mm-hmm. But once you go up to large group where there's underwriting involved. That's where you're seeing the savings today, right? Uh, the bigger savings, up to sixty-three percent. So let's let's circle That's back. That's a powerful number. It's a huge number. So let's circle back for a minute yeah. to a conversation we had a, a moment ago about uh, a single single carrier. So in the four hundred one k defined you know uh, contribution space, because of the number of funds that they have, a Fidelity or an American Funds can be the sole provider of, of mutual funds or 401k. Is there any reason why mm-hmm. a, a Blue Cross, a United, and Aetna could not do the same? There's ways to, and benefits, there's ways to, to kind of make that happen. But generally speaking, you know, the rules are there for us that the employer can't, you know, have any uh, guides today in the form of uh, these you know, picking a carrier or directing towards one particular carrier. They just need to give the contribution and, and then let them choose. You know, some of the things that are being talked about from, you know, as we say, marketplaces like us, along with, you know, um, uh, the government in Washington, obviously, is what happens, you know, you know, we, we should be looking at putting carriers who want to participate in this, you know, into you know, into the pool and let them choose from those across. And why do we want to offer products from maybe a carrier that doesn't want to participate? Mm-hmm. Um, because they make it different, difficult for the employees. They could, you know, um, they're not, they don't want the business maybe or, or whatever. It just becomes 
you know, why force them in? So when I say it's kind of gray there, those are conversations we're having that we think, hey, there there is demand out there for, you know, early adopters in the carriers. They're seeing it that I want to play in this market. Um, and, I, and there might be others that maybe don't. So that's probably when we look at that is, you know, that's one of the big driving forces. Those, what we do see happen, kind of support that maybe uh, there, which isn't a great answer, but it's like some carriers and, and employers and employees know about this. And, and you know, we, with disclosure, they look at it. The one, the carriers that are embracing it generally are, are steered, you know, when asked by brokers and stuff, you know, these ones work a little bit better than these ones. So a better experience with these versus these. And people gravitate to the better experience. It's, it's just how people. It's how, it's how people are buying today. Experience. Yep. And yeah, it's how they're buying. You got it. You got it. It's the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. When the carrier sends a rep on site for a benefit fair and is able to talk to them about their, their products in the marketplace, they do get a higher percentage of those employees on the IFRA plan move or select their that particular carrier. That's what a concept. Show up on site <laughs> and talk about your products and people end up buying it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we say that great because those tactics, those, uh, you know, players and uh, those carriers embracing it like that are winning market share. And they're taking it from, the, you know, from some, some big names that have been incumbent for years. Well, it's always good to, um, to figure out what's coming next. And uh, I, I really appreciate, John, you joining us today. And uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up because I know I'm going to learn something new and have my thinking challenged and, uh, uh, and have something to ponder and, and, and take back, you know, to our clients also. No, I, I likewise, uh, love, uh, love talking to you. It's a changing, it's a very changing marketplace out here today. Um, which is great. It's very disruptive. It's, uh, it's what everyone's been looking for in this product. I'm super excited about it. Like I said, we did it back in 15. And so we've known about this. And now it's become the law of the land. And what we love about it is pure consumerism. Yep. You know, for the first time, truly, the end user, which is the employees, get picked, get to decide with their dollars what they want to buy. That's powerful. It is. That's great. Thank you. My guest today has been John Kelly, founder and CEO of NextBen. Please join us next week for the healthcare edition of Barclays Modern Marketeers. Mm-hmm.